Welcome to the Experience Jesus Calling podcast. The Journey Home Project is an organization that assists veterans who are returning from active duty to civilian life. Their mission is to connect donors to veteran organizations that do the most good to help with this sometimes difficult transition. Country music legend Charlie Daniels is chairman of the board for the Journey Home Project and talks about why this organization is so important. I learned very early in my life that and I say this on stage every night, only two things protect America. It's the grace of Almighty God and the United States military. It was that way in 1941, it's that way this year, next year, the year after, as long as this country remains free, it will be that. It's a part of who I am to respect and support the military. I and mean, that's what Journey Home is all about. We try to soften the landing for our military men and women who come back from service, most of them from battle areas, combat areas. Zachary Bell is a husband, father, and veteran. He served as an infantry rifleman in the United States Marine Corps and did two combat tours in Afghanistan. My name is Zachary Bell, and I was an infantry rifleman. And when I left the Marine Corps, my last job, I was an infantry squad leader. My job was just to protect the people and wherever I was at and to try and you know, provide some form of a stable government by assisting the people in Afghanistan and also to um, fight enemy combatants. I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, in West Tennessee, and growing up, I, I was a troublemaker. Um, I, I'd say the thing I did most was cause trouble. I was just always wild at heart, is what my grandmother used to say. Parents got divorced when I was really young, and I started to realize the different levels uh, people had of income or economic status some people have and that I didn't have. We were poor growing up. So it really was hard. I, I remember my, my mother always working, but I also developed at a really young age this idea of independence and wanting, wanting to provide for myself. Me and my little brother would walk to the school bus stop, which was just down the street. And um, I remember my mother called me and she told me that we needed to stay home and to turn on the TV and she didn't know what was going on but we just had to stay home and I turned on the TV and I was like okay and I was like what, what do you want me to do and turn to the news channel and I just turned to the first one I found and I'm just looking at the first tower being on fire and um, then I saw I saw the second plane go in live I just remember being shook to my core and it just terrified me all these things were happening and it it was terrifying. I remember thinking I wanted to do something. We watched it for days and days like everyone else did. And I remember, I remember President Bush came down there and um, he's walking around Ground Zero. And they said, somebody yelled something at him and they said, we can't hear you. And he said, I hear you. And I just remember that moment being like, I want to do something about this. I was a train that was off the tracks that didn't even need tracks like I was just going it's nothing that was really nefarious it was just that I feel like young boys at that time are kind of crazy a little bit um, because you're trying to figure out what it means to be an adult and a you know a man and especially me growing up without 
you know, a father in in the household. When I graduated high school, I, I just I just wanted to go to college. It's you know, it was, I was one of the first people in my family to ever graduate high school. Definitely the first to ever talk about college at that time. I had a cousin who was in the Marines at the time. He joined about four years before I did. And I remember looking up to him a lot. But I just wanted to try and make something of myself because by that time I decided I, I wanted to kind of blaze my own trail and find a new path. I started going to the recruiter. And uh, I think it was December I made my decision I wanted to enlist. And that was when I did it. And I left in February. You know, there's a Navy SEAL who um, has a podcast. He has this saying that I really, really like. And it's uh, discipline equals freedom. And um, I've I've spent about a month lately thinking about it because I was trying to figure out what that meant. But when you do have discipline, you do actually have freedom in it because you've provided yourself structure and boundaries in ways you didn't think that you had previously, which is really what I needed. I needed to be accountable. I needed to grow up. And it's just because I, I had this thing to prove to myself. I wanted to prove that I could stand on my own. And um, as time went on, I, I started to like really find my groove with it. And I don't remember when it happened exactly. I just remember being like, you know, I'm I'm pretty good at this. They're teaching you classes and stuff. And like it just clicked. Like the pieces just fell in place. And I, I can remember that moment. Not what was happening. I just remember being, this comes to me, it almost felt like I was born to it in a lot of ways. So the challenges were um, s- shortly after leaving uh, boot camp, I went to the school of infantry uh, for about uh, 12 weeks. And then you go from there to your unit. And um, there was there were a few friends of mine who went from boot camp. We all went to the same unit. And by that time, I was married, and uh, my my wife had actually conceived our first child. And uh, they told us our unit wasn't going to Afghanistan. I remember being disheartened about that. But um, you know, February of '08, after training the whole time, they came to tell us, "Hey, you guys are going to Afghanistan." Like a month uh, not even a month like a, two weeks and so you guys gotta get your stuff together and so my wife was fully pregnant packing the car trying to get everything back home my unit actually ended up leaving and i ended up traveling late because the day they left my wife had started to go into labor my my daughter was born and two days later i was leaving for afghanistan it was it was hard because until that moment i had selfishly wanted to go to the war and then i'm holding my first child and i I couldn't care about anything else than that right there. And it was um, it was hard. We just cried. We were at Nashville Airport, and it was the only time I ever traveled in the military and got upgraded to first class was because so many people saw us crying, <laughs> um, uh, like right at the gate in security. And I'm in my uniform, and, uh, you know, I just I, I didn't know if I'd ever see them again. But I knew I was going to do whatever I could to try and make that happen. And it was terrifying. Um, and, uh, you know, I talked to her a few times, like, traveling over there. But once, like, the mission started, I didn't talk to her for, you know, better part of three months until I was able to tell her, I'm okay, I love you, and how are you doing? And that was only, like, a 15-minute phone call. And then after that, it was like we got to call every month for, like, 30 minutes. But with outside of that, it was just writing letters to each other and to my daughter and she would send packages and pictures and stuff my success my military career was always a thing that was there but it didn't matter because 
my ultimate goal was to be a successful husband and father. You can do both, but in my opinion, it's it's very, very hard. Um, someone once told me that being in the military is one of the most selfish, uh, selfish and selfless things you ever do. Um, it's very selfish because a lot of what you're doing dictates what your family does, where you move, where you go what life they all get to live, but it's also selfless because you're giving yourself to a life of service that you'll ultimately won't be able to make the last decision on. And, um, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about to this day too. I would say that the biggest impact to me in the, in my military career was the time during my second deployment. Um, so my first deployment, I'd wanted to be in combat and we were in combat, but it always felt like we were winning because we always had superiority at all times. Like we never felt surprised or anything like we were owning the battle space is, you know, the phrases they would use. But, um, you know, they told us we would go to Iraq for 90 days so me and um my wife christy we said okay let's we have a our daughter Alyssa. let's try for a second child and thankfully we conceived our second child audrey so when the president went to announce a troop surge in 2009 that was actually that was when they told us uh, we're going back to afghanistan you know they made movies about it and stuff it was called the battle of mars and all these different things and it's it's weird because people, you know, hail it in Marine Corps history, you know, because of all these different things that happened. And I'm very proud of my time in, in the Marine Corps, and especially that uh, we would go on what were known as combat patrols, which mean that every time we left our positions, it was not if we saw the enemy, it was when we saw the enemy, what would happen. And they were, you know, we lost a lot of, a lot of people, and um, it just kind of. It just really shaped me in a way I wasn't prepared for. It was hard. It was hard. And, you know, when someone gets hurt, who you're in charge of or different things like that, it it shapes, it shapes uh, things about you that you'll never really fully understand until beyond that moment. And so that was when I, I decided that I, I, you know, I'd given all that I've got. I've, I've got awards. I've... I've reached this job and this rank that none, none of my contemporaries have. You know, it's just time to hang it up. Nobody in charge of me was happy because they were trying to get me to re-enlist and I told them no. You're instantly like out of the club because they feel betrayed. And I and I get that, but you have to make the best decision for you and your family and I, you can't be a gunslinger forever. That's what I told all my guys and that's what I was always told. And um you know, it's just that I wanted, I couldn't keep leaving my family. Though the military taught Zachary valuable things about teamwork and communication, his transition back to civilian life wasn't seamless. Yeah, I was in charge of 12, 15 people when I left. I had a really good career and we're living with my mother-in-law. All of us are, my four people in my family are in one bedroom. My mother-in-law's, um, changed around our whole house to make another room into a bedroom for her so we could live there until we got our lives together. And you know, it's hard not to feel like a failure in those moments because you, you've made the decision you thought was best at the time, um, which it was, but it doesn't mean that it's not hard. The Journey Home Project was, was something I'd, I'd heard about, and I was going to a different school in Middle Tennessee at 
time. I was going to Middle Tennessee State University, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life, but I'd heard that there was this veterans program at Lipscomb. Then I found out about like the Charlie Daniels scholarship and all these different things, all these different resources that they have and they connect you to to get you back into a different place and environment to succeed because in in my best estimation, I feel like the hardest part about transitioning out of the military is being completely unsure of what to look for and how to look for it, and just working with them made that seamless. We've done all sorts of stuff since. You know, I was, I was able to get my undergraduate degree at Lipscomb University, and I just finished in May with my master's. Things I didn't think would ever happen, I, I've been able to do. And, you know, working with them, I've seen the impact they've had on my life and many others just by giving people in the middle and, you know, actually people all over the nation now, giving veterans and their family members the opportunity to be connected um, and to learn about resources that are out there. And it's, it's awesome. Charlie Daniels explains why he's committed through the Journey Home Project to help men and women like Zachary be successful in their return from the military back to civilian life. I've been among these guys. I've been in the war zones with these guys. I've seen them. They, they, they spend their time in places you don't even want to go to where there's nothing. And they, some people seem to think for some reason or another that our military people have an extra gene that isolates them from missing their families and loneliness and that sort of thing. It's not so. They miss their families just as bad as anybody else does that's away from them. And they go and do that because they're patriots. And the least that we can do is respect and support them. So I'm there. I respect them. I support them. And that's what Journey Home is all about. Don't be afraid to reach out or to ask for help. And there's many resources out there. And you know, to know that anybody can do it, because if I can, anybody can. <laughs> Jesus Calling's an amazing book. I, I think what it, what I, uh, what appeals to me most about it is that it's times, I'm always trying to find time, even where I can't find it, and, you know, it's just a simple, it takes just a moment to tap in, and um, you can really just recenter yourself and get some wisdom and carry on. A lot of devotional sometimes, I feel, can be too uh, big or talk about concepts in such a large way, but this is just talking about just enjoying peace in his presence and what that means in your life. Zachary is proud of his contributions during his military service and is committed to helping other veterans who might be having a tough time returning to civilian life by showing them that there is hope beyond the battlefield. I would say the, the military taught me the ability to believe that I could actually um, do things I never thought possible and that it tapped into something that I'd always had and I didn't really understand it. And it was just that I've really always had this ability to want to serve. And I feel like people, all people have that desire, but they don't really understand it. What I was able to do is to find a community I'll always be a part of. And I'm very grateful for it. The most important thing I've gained from it is that I got to really share parts of my life after the military with my family and they get to be a part of this too and we continue to serve as a family with our local community it's something i'll miss it always but you know i'm much rather be front row center at a cheerleading or a gymnastics competition and that's just more important to me because this is what i wanted to do this is what i want to do Next time on the Experience Jesus Calling podcast, we talk with Diane Cunningham, the president and founder of the National Association of Christian Women Entrepreneurs.
Diane is also an artist, a plane crash survivor, a marathon runner, and author. She candidly talks to us about reaching several rock-bottom places in her life and how she can look back now and realize how God was drawing her closer to his side. I think I was afraid about money. I was afraid about, am I going to make it? You know, is this all going to work? What's going to happen? What do I need to do? Just all of those fears would rise up when I got done with my so-called work day. And I didn't know what to do with them. I just didn't know where to put them. And they still rise up. I mean, let's be honest. But I have a place and a way and a, and a toolkit now that's different. I don't have to drink over them. Um, I, I go to my meetings. I meet with my sponsor. I meet with other women in recovery. I ask for the help that I need. And I know that all I have to take care of is one day at a time. Our featured passage for today's show comes from the February 7th entry of the Jesus Calling audiobook. Come to me for rest and refreshment. The journey has been too much for you, and you are bone-weary. Do not be ashamed of your exhaustion. Instead, see it as an opportunity for me to take charge of your life. Remember that I can fit everything into a pattern for good, including the things you wish were different. Start with where you are at at this point in time and space, accepting that it is where I intend you to be. You will get through today one step, one moment at a time. Your main responsibility is to remain attentive to me, letting me guide you through the many choices along your pathway. This sounds like an easy assignment, but it is not. Your desire to live in my presence goes against the grain of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Much of your weariness results from your constant battle against these opponents. However, you are on the path of my choosing, so do not give up. Hope in me, for you will again praise me for the help of my presence. Hear more great stories about the impact Jesus Calling is having all over the world. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling podcast on iTunes. We value your reviews and comments so we can reach even more people with the message of Jesus Calling. And if you have your own story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Visit JesusCalling.com to share your story today.